0: Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the precious gift it is to have your word. Lord, here we have the words of eternal life. How can we keep them in? Lord, we pray that you may help me to proclaim your word clearly this morning. May your Holy Spirit be here in abundance and help the people here gathered in your name to understand what you have written, and may it be helpful for them as they strive to serve you, the living and true God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we all know, I think, what it is to have a boss, to have a master, to have someone who is over us. Now, if you don't know who your boss is, the easy way to know who your boss is is to ask, where does your money come from? And where it comes from is your boss. So if you're an employee, of course, it's your employer who gives you money. If you're self-employed, well, you have the joy of having customers as your boss. They're the ones who make demands upon you, and they're the ones that give you money, and so they are your boss. Now, it may be that you uh, just live off investments... And so then, who's your boss? Well, it's the boards of the the people who look after your investments, and they're the ones that uh, you have to submit to as to what they do and, uh, and what they want from you. And it may be that your money comes from the government. You're a pensioner. So what does that mean? Who's your boss? It's the government. When they make demands and say, this is what's going to happen to your pension, well, that's what's going to happen to your pension, and you have to submit accordingly. And even children, they have bosses, don't they? Joshua, he knows who his master is. His master is the one that comes with the food. His master is the one that comes with the toys and the clothes and, uh, and helps him with his daily needs. Uh, his boss is me, and his boss is Jill. Everybody has a boss. But do you submit to your masters? Are you supposed to submit to your masters? There's something within the human spirit, and it's called sin, if you didn't know, that likes to revolt against authority, that likes to bite the hand that feeds it. And so when we become a Christian... We still have that spirit there, that sinful tendency to want to bite the hand that feeds us. And we have to ask the question then, do Christians have to submit to their masters? Do Christians have to submit to their boss? And the answer is yes, we are to submit to our masters. And that's my first main point this morning. If you've got a bulletin there, you can see my main points there on the back. And my first main point this morning is submit to all earthly masters. And this comes from verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 2. If you've got a black church Bible, that's page 1201, 1201. And we'll be looking at the verses uh, of 1 Peter chapter 2 from 18 down to verse 20. Verses 18, 19, and 20. And we see in verse 18 the clear command to Christians to submit to masters. In verse 18 it reads, slaves... Submit yourselves to your masters, with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. We are supposed to, as Christians, submit to all earthly masters. Now hang on a minute, isn't this talking about slaves? Does this text actually apply to us? It says slaves. Are you a slave? Well, last week we looked at the subject of slavery and what the Bible says about slavery. And I promised this week we would look at what this says to us as employees with employers. And I think this is a right uh, application of the text. We are slaves in a real sense, uh, in a similar way to the first century slaves. Last week I spoke about how many slaves, we think they're unpaid because we think of uh, black African-American slavery. But no, no. Many slaves in the first century, they were paid. And so they could save up the money for their own emancipation, for their own freedom. And so uh, we today are very similar. And some of you may say, yes, I am a slave to my job, to my employer. I am not a free person at all. And so you may actually take the term slave. And sometimes as children, we like to think that we're slaves to our parents as well. And there is a sense that we are This text is talking to us when it says slaves submit to masters. So what is submission? Well, it means to submit to your master's commands. So you submit to what they tell you to do, the quantity of work that they tell you to do, and the quality of work that they tell you to do. They say your work at the moment is below standard, so I want you to up it. What are you to do? You're to submit, you're to obey. They say you aren't producing enough at the moment. What are you to do? You're to obey. You're to submit and, tell, and do what they say. And so that's if you have an employer or if you're self-employed and have a customers and they say, yeah, I'm not happy with it. What are you supposed to do? What's that famous line? The customer is always right. And so they say, I'm not happy. You say, okay, as a Christian, I am meant to submit to this and I'm meant to make it right because that is what they're paying me for. But we're also to submit to those things that we may not particularly like about the work. Pay cuts, or just a lack of pay rise for a long time. Bad working conditions. And we, of course, are called to submit to punishments, to harsh language said to us, and reprimands, warnings about what we've done. What do we do? We're supposed to submit. It's very easy to want to fight back. But no, what does God say? Submit yourselves to your masters. And that even includes being submissive to when you are fired. They say, no, we don't want you anymore. And they may have a reason. And you may not like the reason. But you are to submit to that. Are we just to submit? What else does it say? Verse 18. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters. With all respect. Because this, this is important to note here because there's obedience and then there's obedience, isn't there? I see this with Joshua. I say, get down off that. And he knows what I'm saying. He's not that ignorant. And he starts to slowly get off, sort of puts a leg off whatever he's on And yes, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, but I'm just enjoying being up here where I'm not supposed to be a little longer. He's obeying, but he's not obeying with all respect. He's not fulfilling the command in a way that he should. And we've got to remember that when we're at work, that we can do the job, but then we can do the job without respect or we can do the job with respect. And what are we called to do? We're called to do it with respect, to show respect to our bosses when they say to do something and we just don't like it and we want to fight and we want to speak badly about our bosses to other people at work at what they've told me to do. No. What are you to do? You're to work with all respect. But what about those bosses that aren't particularly nice Or bosses that are particularly good? What sort of bosses are we to submit to? What does the text say? Verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. There are two kinds of bosses in the world. There are those who are good and considerate, who often we like to work for, but sometimes even the good and considerate ones, you're kind of, yeah, I'm just having a bad day today, and I don't really want to work for you, even though I know you're a nice boss. What are you to do on those bad days? You're to submit. But then surprisingly, what does God say also? You're to submit with all respect to those who are harsh, to those bosses that you just don't like. And if you're self-employed, those customers that you just do not like and you do not want to serve them with all respect. No, what does God say? Submit to them even those bosses that you do not like to submit to. But what about if you are punished by a boss and it's unjust? You suffer unjustly from your boss. Yes, they use harsh language at you when you've done the wrong thing and you say, oh, that's fair enough. But what about when they're harsh towards you and you've actually done the right thing? You've been good at work. What are you to do in those situations? What does God call you to do? And that's my second main point this morning. Endure unjust suffering because of God. What does it say in verse 19? For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious to of God. He is conscious of God. You are called to endure punishments, suffering, for doing good, for doing the right thing. What are those situations? Well, it's whenever a situation comes along and you want revenge against your boss. If you want to avenge yourself for they've done something to you and you did the right thing, that's the situation that God is speaking about here. That is the situation that you are supposed to submit to that. But why would you do that? Why would you submit to unjust suffering? Is there any incentive that God gives us, a motive for why we would submit to punishment when we did the right thing. Why would we do that? Well, he tells us, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. You submit to unjust punishment and suffering because you are conscious of God. What does it mean to be conscious of God? To know he exists, he is there, he is watching what happens when you are punished for doing the right thing. And what does that mean if you're conscious that he is there and watching? Well, you're conscious of the fact that God has told you to submit, so you do it as a good Christian. You're trying to do the right thing and be obedient to him. And so you're conscious that, okay, I'm being punished here. I've done the right thing, but God has called me to endure this. And so you're conscious that that's what he wants you to do, and so you're being obedient. But you're also conscious, if you know anything about who God is, that he is a providential God. He is a sovereign God. And when you're getting punished for doing the right thing, it's not like it's out of his control. God is allowing that to happen to you. Now, you don't necessarily know why he's allowing that to happen to you, but you're conscious that he is letting that happen to you and that he has promised that that is for your good, that you're being punished for doing the right thing. And so you're conscious that he has put you in that situation. And so that gives you incentive to endure the unjust suffering. And you're also conscious that God is a God of justice. He's a sovereign God, he's put you there, but he's a God of justice. And one day, your boss, who is punishing you, will be called to give an account for what they're doing. They cannot go on like that forever. God will one day judge them for what they're doing. And so you know that justice will be met. For them punishing you when you did the right thing. And the other reason why we should be conscious of God is, of course, we're following His example. And we'll look at that a little more next week, but we can see it just in verse 21 To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. Be conscious that God knows what it is to experience unjust punishment. Jesus Christ was punished unjustly. He had no sin in his mouth. There was nothing wrong with him, and yet he was punished. And so you're conscious of the example that you've got to follow in Jesus Christ. So you're conscious of those things, and then what happens? He tells you to be conscious of God. Why? Verse 19, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. And then down to verse 21. To this you were called because Christ... ah no, verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. God commends you if you endure punishment, suffering from your boss for doing the right thing. God commends you. He praises you for it. And he rewards you for it. He can reward you in this life. What's a good example of that? Well, we just read an example of that in Genesis. Joseph, he did the right thing. He kept away from Potiphar's wife. He said, I won't do what you want me to do. And then she blamed him for doing something that he didn't do at all. And he was unjustly put in prison. But what happens while he's in prison in prison he prospers god blesses him god looks after him and eventually where does joseph end up not as a servant of a, a, a official egyptian official he ends up second to pharaoh god blesses him god commends him you bore that punishment unjustly you endured it look where you ended up now that may not happen for you in this life But God does reward those who are obedient to him. And your endurance of unjust punishment, like Jesus Christ endured unjust punishment, if you do that, God will reward you. He commends you. He praises you for bearing that punishment. Now, does that mean you never challenge injustice? Your boss is a tyrant or that customer is particularly bad. And they continue to make demands of you that are completely unreasonable. Do you ever fight back or do you just take it and endure it and endure it and endure it? Well, yes to some extent, but also no. There is a way to fight injustice and we're not usually called to do it personally. How do we fight injustice? Well, we do it by the right methods, Through the authorities. What does it say in a few verses earlier? Verse 13, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the King as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him that is God to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. There are proper channels for you to air your grievances with your employer. And particularly in Australia, there are many channels for you to do that. Even with customers, you can go to fair trading tribunals and things like this and work out some sort of resolution to the problem. What that stops is personal revenge, where you're likely to sin as you get back what is owed you. Because we all sin when we want revenge. We don't know what it is to have righteous anger completely. Only God is without sin and can get revenge righteously. And so you're very, very likely when you try to get back at your employer to sin in the process. But if you go through the proper channels and get um, mediators involved and go through the authorities, much less likely that you will be involved in sinning against your employer or against that customer that is just ticking you off. No, go through those proper authorities. They are, what does it say? They're given by God or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. They're in that position for this very purpose, to look after you. So challenge injustice, but do it through the proper channels. But often you are called to simply endure what goes on, just as Jesus Christ did. You're conscious of God doing that. So you get points for enduring injustice, but what about, do you get points for enduring punishment, suffering, when you've actually done the wrong thing? You did the wrong thing, you're getting punished, do you endure it and get points? No, Peter says no. Verse 19. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? And so my third main point this morning is endure just suffering because of you. You endure unjust suffering because you're conscious of God. Endure just suffering because of you. If you do the wrong thing at work, Don't be surprised if you get punished for it and have to live with the consequences. It's so funny how our sinful hearts love to think of lots of reasons why we shouldn't be punished when we do the wrong thing. You think it's not in the boss's interest to punish you for showing up late because you slept in. Because the fact is, I slept in so I'm refreshed for the job and I'll be a better employee for the rest of the day and so 15 minutes late that's not a big deal come on it's only 15 minutes and I'll be much more productive because I was able to have a little more sleep so I shouldn't be punished no God says you deserve to be punished because you've done the wrong thing or sometimes we think oh I'm the manager I'm the boss so I don't have to be punished I can get away with some of the rules and regulations that our company says must be followed. I can bend those a little because I'm, after all, a very important person. I'm a VIP. And so I don't have to be punished. And you see that with some of the things that get in the media about people and top executives in boards and things, and they do all kinds of frightful things, and they think, why is anyone upset? I'm a very important person. No, God says if you do the wrong thing, expect to be punished and you don't gain points for enduring it. Or we think maybe we're a Christian and so we're forgiven by God, so why shouldn't other people forgive us when we do the wrong thing? And this is particularly the case if you've got a Christian manager, if you're blessed with someone who is your boss and is a Christian and you think, oh, come on, you're meant to forgive me. Don't you know those verses in the Bible about you must forgive? Surely, you shouldn't punish me for doing the wrong thing. Just forgive me. And really, you're my brother in Christ. We're family. How can you fire me for doing that? Ah, come on. And so we think that we shouldn't be punished. No, God says, if you do the crime, you do the time. And you don't get any points. In fact, God is ashamed of you. One of his children doing the wrong thing. He sets up disciplinary measures in employee, employer and company relations and rules so that you will be chastened, so that you will live more fruitfully. He's ashamed that you're behaving in that way. So for the Christian, what are you to do? You submit to all masters, to all kinds of treatment, with all respect. But what about if you're not a Christian? What have I got to say to you today? Well, I've got my fourth main point there on the sheet. Submit to the greatest master, Jesus Christ. There is a master that is above all other masters. And Jesus regularly in the Bible is called master. He is called the boss. And I encourage you to submit to him today. Why? Because he is the best boss He is the boss that is above all other bosses And he is a boss who is truly kind, good and considerate He is not a harsh boss at all He is the most loving boss you will ever know And he is always the one that is just He is never going to ask you to do something that is wrong He never punishes you unjustly like your bosses will do in this world and he is the boss that gives his his employees a salary that no earthly boss can give what's the best salary that you can get in this life well if you work at the top level of one of the australian banks you start to think that's pretty good they make, what is it, a couple of hundred million a year, something like that, with these ma- major um, exit bonuses. and You think, wow, that's pretty good. Jesus beats that if you're his employee. If you're one of his employees, you are far better paid than the top executive of any bank in the world because what's his salary? Eternal life and rewards in heaven that never fade. Any salary you get in this life, if you save every dollar of it and don't spend it at all, does it last forever? No. You leave it all behind. Whereas the salary you get from Jesus Christ is by far the best salary. So he is the boss to work for. He is the one who gives perfect working conditions. He is the one who gives the perfect pay. He is the best one to work for. So how do you submit to him? Repent and believe. Repent of your sins. Admit that you have not had him as your master in the past and you are sorry that that is the case. And believe that he died for you, that he died to cover those sins when you did not submit to him. And then he gives you eternal life. You can do that right now. Believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, and you automatically become his employee forever. Do you, as Christians, submit to your earthly masters? You all have one. Even if you're on a pension, the government, they are your boss. Do you submit to them? Do you do it with all respect? Do you submit to bad masters as well as good ones? Do you remember that you are commended by God if you submit to unjust punishment conscious of God? In our hearts we love to retaliate. God loves when you don't retaliate, when you submit to unjust punishment. Do you do that? And if you're not a Christian... I encourage you submit to your heavenly master today. He is the best boss, Jesus Christ. Let us speak with our God. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the way your word corrects what our hearts want to do. It is so difficult, God, to submit to those who employ us and particularly when they punish us for doing good. Lord, help us to be conscious of you and endure such suffering because we know it is commendable before you. And help us to follow the example of our Master, Jesus Christ, and how he submitted to unjust suffering. And Lord, we pray for anyone here this morning who has not submitted to Jesus as their master. Lord, we pray that you may awaken them to the fact that he is the best master of all. And Lord, may they submit to him this morning in repentance and faith and not delay any longer so that they receive an eternal salary that far surpasses anything this world can offer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.